You're listening to Get With The Program, hosted by Pilar Adams. Get With The Program is a series, aka a conversation with myself, dedicated to storytelling, my sometimes arrogant opinions, and everything in between. Rest assured, we'll talk all about real life and culture, iconic moments, pet peeves, and some serious tea with P will be spilled. Happy Friday! Guys, I am so excited about Friday being my new upload day. I feel like it's such a great way to end a shitty week and kick off your weekend. Let's pick up where we left off. So I told you I was starting the Pilates Class October Challenge with Jackie, who runs TPC Community. It's just the Pilates Class on Instagram, basically. And she has this online platform, super easy, quick videos. And by easy, I mean easily accessible. The workouts are very difficult. I have a love-hate relationship. Like, I get through it, but I'm like, barely. (laughs) Um... It's so, so, so good though. And she really focuses on like body, mind, soul. And I feel that like I'm not a Pilates gal. I've always been like a hit or like cardio. So this is kind of a nice change in pace and I'm more keto and just avoiding carbs. And I just, I do feel better. So if you're looking to kind of clean out your system or look for a new workout, especially at home, because here in Toronto, we are back in a 28 day lockdown. So I'm just kind of looking for anything and everything to continue keeping me healthy during another what I hope not to be quarantine. Um, It's not as bad at this moment, but knock on wood, we shall see. In other news, there was exciting stuff that went on this week. I'm not going to do a full new segment moving forward unless something is fucking crazy and I want to do a full episode on it. But I just feel like it's taking up half of the episodes and you all have expressed that you really like the topics and when I go off. So let's focus on that. But I cannot proceed without mentioning that Ariana Grande is releasing a new album this month. Do we think it's going to be a Christmas album? Do we think it's going to be uh, a lovey-dovey album now that she's with her man, her real estate man in New York with a humble 4K followers? I am obsessed with that. Um, But I also saw some speculation because The Weeknd retweeted her tweet about the album drop, and apparently he is not active with retweeting other artists so people are obviously like a collab is definitely coming and that would just if you know me you know that I will faint upon listening like that would make all of our worlds go around let's be honest um and then finally I do want to mention Sophia with an F Sophia Franklin's podcast has officially dropped. I remember I brought that up a few weeks ago that there was some gossip about it. So it did officially happen. I listened. I thought it was interesting. She did mention a few drags on Alex about how she had a ghostwriter, couldn't go into a pod without a script. Um, Just some minor stuff. And then Sophia was talking about family and pregnancy and like, I don't know, it wasn't incredible, but it has been charting at number one on my Apple podcast app for over a week. So 
People want to hear from her. I wonder how the longevity of that podcast looks and if people will stay engaged, but that's for all of us to find out. And a final podcast note. I know I said final, but I just can't stop. You know, there's been so much this week. But Dave Portnoy, owner, founder of Barstool Sports, he just launched a podcast himself, BFFs with Josh Richards, a little famous TikToker from Coburg, which is like right outside of Toronto. And they just sit down and shoot the shit and talk about fuck you money. Uh, That is a goal that we should all aspire to. (laughs) Fuck you money, which is classified in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So we'll take it, right? Anyways, it was an easy listen. I don't really support either of those people. Um, but I listened to it while I got ready just to stay in the know. And I think it's smart because they are trying to attract two different audiences, right? Like Dave is targeted towards an older demo for sure. And then you have Josh Richards, which may bring in some ladies, i.e. me, which also will bring in some younger LBs. Okay. Okay, so if you could tell by the title, today we are talking about hustle culture. That is a huge thing right now. Being a millennial, I feel like I have never been surrounded by so many hungry hustlers who want to make money. Like there is so much money to be made. Let's get that bread. But with that, that also comes with a non-balanced lifestyle, an unhealthy lifestyle, if you will. And I've previously said, like, you can't have both. Like, you can't have a thriving relationship, but also be trying to start your own business and be working 24-7. Like, these things are really tough. I'm not saying it never happens. I know people who have made it work, and I think that's incredible and something that I aspire to have one day eventually, right? don't we all? Um, But I think I just want to touch on my own experience with hustle culture and a few of my friends' perspectives just to kind of hear where you're at with hustle culture. How this topic came to be for me, I know it's existed obviously, but a really good friend of mine was saying like, I don't know if I want to do this. Like, I don't know if I want hustle culture to be my life. Because I always thought, you know, I love to work and I want to be successful, but bitch, like I can't be working this job 24-7 and not being able to go to bed early and wake up early. You know what I mean? Like it is so demanding. You're a slave to your phone. You are always conceptualizing ideas. You sometimes can't be present in seeing the people that you love or meeting new people just because your brain is so focused on other processes or fixated on something other than what you are doing at that moment, right? And I'm a victim to this. Like, I grew up in a family where my dad was, I mean, both my parents were very hard on me, but my father worked um, a full-time job in finance. So he was gone before I woke up and he would get home after I already had been home for hours right so he worked his ass off and that was something that he really engraved in me um can't speak for my brothers you know (laughs) my parents got one out of three good for them I just happened to be that one and his energy and I think just being 
physically aware of seeing that like he was gone. He was at work. Oh, where's dad? He's at work. He's providing for our family. You know, that was kind of the narrative. And I'm thankful for that, of course. And he's always challenged me to be the best version of myself. I've always been one to want to exceed the people around me's expectations. But I've always said like my biggest competition, competition, competition is myself. And that's so lame. And I've heard it before. But genuinely, like someone around me will be like, they don't care. And I'm like, nah, bitch, but I care. So that's why it's going to be perfect. And that's why people are going to want to work with me and come to me for things. You know, sorry, I'm getting personal, but just growing up in that energy and that atmosphere that has been embedded in me to want to be a little hustler. Like I literally was begging to get a job, but I was only like 15 and this guy in my hometown hired me at his ice cream shop and like was paying me illegally for a year just because I was so excited to be working. I was literally scooping ice cream and like sweeping the floors and cleaning the toilet. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited to go to work. Um, And I would always show up early and I'd always be the last person to leave. Another cliche, but that was something that was just embedded in my mindset And I think that really did attribute to how I grew up. And that's why I wanted to include it in this. But now I want to jump in just to more present time. Probably, what, four years ago at this point, I was in radio television arts. We did a massive thesis project where I pitched a show called Sugar Coated. It was literally my child. Like, I would be out at the club and I'd be like talking to people about sugarcoated and trying to get people on board. And it was incredible. And I'll definitely do a full blown episode on that because I still think it has potential to be picked up and for someone to make something out of it. But that is besides today's point. I think with that, what I want to say is my friend Sojourna, she had been a big part of she wrote the script um, together we conceptualized characters and kind of plots and ideas, but we really threw ourselves into that. And when it came to actually shooting, we had about eight to 10 shoot days and we'd literally work from like morning to night, like 6am call time, 2am we are up blocking my script and I'm getting ready, figuring out our angles, looking at mood boards, watching different people's movies to find angles that I wanted to emulate or that I was inspired by. And I mean, mind you, I was obsessed. Like the pressure that I had was coming from myself. No one had a gun to my head saying, you need to be working these hours. You need to be putting in 120% energy. But that was just what I wanted to do right? Like this was something I cared so greatly for. And I feel like with this generation, it's funny because years ago, Simon Sinek came out with that little video about millennials in the workplace. And he was like, millennials are so entitled and lazy and they think that they can get anything they want. They just want to be a part of making an impact is something that he made a point of saying. And I'm like, I've had such a refreshing perspective with the people around me and the people that I went to school with about them just being hungry to be successful 
And I think you see that glow and you feel that glow instead of it just being said. And hustle culture has been kind of problematic in the sense with social media. There was an article in the New York Times called Why Are Young People Pretending to Love Work by Erin Griffith. And she was talking about the WeWork in New York. And there are so many little pep talks within that space of like, don't stop when you are tired. Stop when you are done. Nobody ever changed the world on 40 hours a week. You know, like there are so many kind of cryptic quotes that obviously put your health and well-being aside. But if you become successful and your work gets noticed or eyeballs are on it that you never thought would be like, who cares about anything else? And I feel like being a young person, like I have that mentality, you know, and in this specific New York Times article, the headline was like, these young people are logging 18 hour days and they boast about it on social media. And Aaron Griffith uses a term called performative workaholism and goes on about how people feel this need to post on their social when they are at the office until 10 p.m. And I I see that on my feed. I see that with the people that I follow. Um, I think even Mariana Hewitt is a great example. She talked about burning out and how she was that person of really working those overtime hours and posting about it and almost bragging about it. Um, but now she's very open about the fact that self-care is such a priority and prioritizing yourself last is not cool anymore. You know, not that it ever was, but I even myself see that in the group of people that I hang out with in myself as well with just having this urge to need to finish something. I don't care if I'm there until 2 a.m. I don't care if I haven't slept. I don't care if I haven't eaten, you know? So that is so problematic. And I was thinking, I was like, how does one even get out of this cycle, if that's what we want to call it? Um, I know it's tough because this is a world of serious entrepreneurship. This is a world of creators being able to get shit done on their own, right? You don't need the things that you used to require to produce something like you can today. And I think that's also the beauty of the generation that we live in and the advancements of technology. Something that I loved was a BuzzFeed cultural critic. Didn't even know that was a job, but I'm obsessed um, and Helen Peterson is her name. She made a comment saying if millennials are supposedly lazy and entitled, how can they also be obsessed with killing it at their jobs? And I'm like, preach. Like people are so quick. And I think those people are the older generation. I'm not saying every millennial is hungry and eager to work and get shit done. I mean, look at my brother. But <laughs> that's besides the point. I think there are way more millennials, unless I'm naive, who are eager to be successful. Even these young TikTokers, for example. Like, I was listening to that episode with Dave Portnoy and Josh Richards. And Josh was saying, like, he's already a millionaire. Guys, he's 18. And he was like, I don't care. Like, I just want to make money. 
I want to be successful. I'm a co-owner in this. I just launched my energy drink. Like this LB is 18 years old and his drive is something that we never would have seen our parents doing when we were 18 or when they were 18. Sorry, we are 18. Um, And I think even the power of influence of surrounding yourself with people who are eager to work and sacrifice and do all of these things to making an impact and getting shit done first, it almost forces you like I know sometimes, for example, like at our office, we do work a lot of long hours and If someone is working later than somebody else, that person will be like, I don't want to leave you alone. Like, and and even if they have a prior commitment, they're like, I'll see if I can cancel. Like, I think the dedication to a company and your loyalty and just how determined you are to excel on behalf of the brand is something super special. And I know our parents and their grandparents worked their ass off. Like, that's not something... I doubt ever, but I definitely think the workplace has changed a thousand percent, especially the way my dad and I have conversations. Um, And I'll be talking about a friend of mine who just got a new job and they were only at their place of work for two years. I say only because he's like only two years. Like he's used to, oh, I stayed there for 10 years and then I moved here and I stayed there for 15 years. And it's like, sweetie, like, The world that we live in, like people make these leaps and bounds in their career to climb the ladder even faster, to make more money even faster. And I think with that also comes some problems if it's too quick and you're not experienced and, you know, there there are backhanded comments and arguments that can completely be made. And I'm not saying anything I'm saying is truth, fact, you know, like this is my opinion and I've just looked into it and there are so many pieces on hustle culture and the toxic energy that it brings. But then a part of me is also like, how do we get out of this hustle culture, but still guarantee a way to be successful? So Pilar, what is the purpose of this episode? Well, I guess it's just an opportunity to present new ideas and new perspectives of just reinforcing the fact that Hustle culture is very real, but that doesn't necessarily mean you personally need to prioritize yourself last in order to come first in the workplace. Ooh, I like that little bite. And that's advice that I need to take myself. And it's like, at the end of the day, everyone finds things that work for them. There was also a super interesting point made in that New York Times article talking about productivity how it's become almost a spiritual dimension. And I think that's huge. Like we talk about productivity and your ROI directly so, so often. And it's like, how are you measuring up to your company standards or your standards for that matter? And I think with productivity comes fulfillment and satisfaction when you do poorly on a project or your client is dissatisfied that takes a personal hit on you if you're me I guess (laughs) but no I know a lot of people take that shit really personally and I think just working together with your team and on yourself as an individual to understand that there are certain things that you have to let go and knowing that 
there are elements and aspects that you can't control. For example, when your client is unhappy with a piece of press that you've delivered to them and it's like, well, the piece of press is already written, so how can we get better and move forward so that we are aligned in getting you the best result or in getting you exactly what you're looking for? So identifying the needs of those around you, identifying your needs. Your needs should come first. Your mental health, your physical health, those are two major keys um, that I believe in and that are scientifically proven to help you perform better. So I think making time for that is something I sometimes put off. And it's a really big goal of mine to begin prioritizing because it's so damn important. Like if you don't feel good, you don't look good and you aren't as sharp or as competent or as creative and successful and intelligent as you can be, right? Like if we're all trying to be the best versions of ourselves, maybe this is your sign to go home if you're not already home and write out your priorities. Yes, work is my top priority, but how can I make my crazy hectic schedule work for me when I need to prioritize a self-care day or a workout before my 9 a.m. meeting? You know, like schedule it in your calendar. That's what everyone says. Schedule it in your calendar as a meeting that you cannot miss. And that's how you're going to make it to that workout class. That's how you're going to make it to that extracurricular web design class. Like, yes, you're obsessed with your job, but you also need something else. Like I always say, you can't have a perfect relationship and a perfect job. But if that means putting yourself out there to go on a date once a month, then make the time to do that. You know, we don't need to conform to society's idea of hustle culture. That is not what it is intended to do. And the fact that now it's become such a way, like I mentioned, of sharing on social media just how much you're doing, that's something I've never agreed with. Like, yes, I share on my story. I do not share 95% of what I do in a day on my story. Like, that's a damn fact. And I see some people who share everything and I'm like, if that's working for you and that brings your dopamine levels up and... You can manage that and it's not taking even more of a toll on you, then that's great. You know, it's all about finding what works for you. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it. Find what works for you. Just because your coworker is staying at work for 14 hour days, that doesn't mean you need to feel guilty about going to meet your friend for dinner at 6 p.m. that you've had planned for two weeks, you know? Don't conform to what everyone else is doing because peer pressure, the power of influence, they are very much still a thing, but you in your heart, in your mind, in your body know what is best for you. You know when you're feeling your best and if that doesn't suit your lifestyle, then you're not supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like you don't, like my friend said, I don't know if this is for me. I don't want to do Hustle culture. Can you even do hustle culture? (laughs) Like, what is it? You're a hustler and you conform to hustle culture. I don't know. I don't know. But definitely recommend that New York Times article 
called Why Are Young People Pretending to Love Work? Okay, it's by Aaron Griffith. Check it out. It is a full-fledged article. It's where I got some really great points, and it definitely just made me reflect on my own life and my own relationship with my job and my personal life. I guess the point of all of this is to say that hustle culture is not for everyone. If you feel like you are being taken the fuck down, you have no energy, you feel drained, you're not excited about what you're doing anymore, however, you are still trying to give 120%, reevaluate, put your screens down, write shit down, and determine what makes you happy because you can put 120% of yourself into another project, into another field that will bring you greater joy and satisfaction. You don't need to break your neck and your back to get ahead in something that isn't serving you today and won't serve you five years down the road from now, you know? And I'm not for having a giver up attitude, you know? A lousy attitude, a lazy attitude, that is absolutely not it. But you don't need to force yourself to conform to anything that isn't serving you or won't serve you. I'm all about slow relationship building. And Simon Sinek said, like, you can't buy job fulfillment. I think that's exactly it. So if you can't buy job fulfillment and where you are right now is something that you don't see that big picture for. And I think we all have to do shit we don't want to do in our jobs. Okay. So don't just give up because you've worked somewhere for six months and they're not treating you like a CEO. That is not what I'm saying. But you can very well tell if something will eventually kind of come back to you. You know, does that make sense? I hope so. Okay, have an amazing weekend, GWTP fam. I am so excited to just continue having these chats, me versus me. Don't forget to drop me a line at P Adams, P-E-E-A-D-A-M-S, and you can rate this podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and follow me on Spotify and then unfollow me on Spotify and then follow me right back because apparently that has something to do with the algorithm. Okay. Okay. Cheers, biddies.